0: This is the Canadian Tax Podcast, episode number 12, hosted by me, Cameron Ware. Good morning. Happy Monday. It is the week of May 10th, 2021. For all the accountants and CPAs out there, I hope you all got to enjoy a bit of a post-tax season break. Uh, Everyone at my office was away last week on our usual post-tax season break. Uh, But CTP, we are back at it this week with all the fun and exciting accounting and tax news. With that, we'll start with the news. And it's been fairly quiet to be honest we've got a few uh few items uh, to note here but nothing to uh not, nothing to incite a panic anyway uh, item number one still no extensions from cra there's been no uh no updates there i thought maybe they might given a few of the uh the taxis and screw-ups on on their end but Still, still nothing, uh, nothing there. Of course, uh, Revenue Quebec did, uh, well, indirectly, they did grant extensions, but uh, not CRA. And why does this matter? To be honest, it's, this is going to be a a bureaucratic uh, nightmare. What's, frankly, what has happened during the week of uh or we'll say the 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 tail end of tax season the 28th 29th 30th you had a lot of people and a lot of firms frankly filing incomplete returns they filed with what they had did what they could and there's going to be a whole pile of amendments coming in after the fact uh it's a mess at cra they're understaffed Uh, the staff that they do have are overworked it's you're going to be filing amendments with those guys. It's going to take forever. I mean, we had, we had one, one file last year. It was not simple, simple amendment. Um, it, It actually was a, we filed it correctly. CRA arbitrarily changed it because CRA was being dumb. We requested that it be fixed. It took 14 months. It's a simple, simple administrative processing issue I can only imagine what's going to happen this tax season, to be honest. So I'll leave it at that. I've got a link to a CTV article that uh, that covers some of this. Uh, similar comments, uh, but yeah, you can hear it from somebody else too. Uh, speaking of CRA, uh, last week of tax season, there were issues actually on the accounting side uh, with the firms. Uh, represent a client which is the system that allows uh, firms to access client information online certain client information in terms of what CRA has uh, has on file. That system was down personally I've encountered that myself. It was down for about uh, six hours or so wasn't able to to get uh, the information. What that meant was the specific uh, AFR system or the autofill return system which allows uh, firms or tax software to, for lack of a better term, we'll call it uh, call the mothership, dial uh, dial home. you log on to the cloud the ta- or the tax software logs in the cloud. Dial CRA system says, "Hey CRA, uh, send me all the information you have them file for this client." And the tax software imports that in their system. Because rep a client was down, this system was the AFR system wasn't able to function. So there, like I said in my earlier point, there's going to be a lot of returns that were uh, that were drafted, maybe missing some uh, some information there. Separately, uh, rumors uh, I've heard it from a few personal colleagues, but I've also heard it from a few firms across Canada. The thirtieth. The uh, the e-file system uh, crashed. I don't think that was down for more than a few hours, but uh, you know you've got firms filing very last day to file and can't get through. There's going to be issues there as well. What does this mean? It means CRA needs to get their IT systems in order. I mean, we had you had eight hundred thousand Canadians being locked out of their system uh, twice, twice earlier in March and then in April. Uh, you had a uh, so you've got security issues there. You've got uh, it just uh, I understand that it's you know it's government. Everything needs to be secure. There's certain ways to handle things, but at the same time, come on, guys, just get it together. Start doing basic best practices. Try to make life easier for everybody. COVID and all the uh, associated shenanigans that were needed to to be compliant with that the administrative headaches all that good stuff that's hard enough to deal with when you throw in the it issues and things like that you know CRA is pushing really 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 hard for everybody to file electronically i don't disagree i think electronic filing is definitely the way to go Uh, but when you can't even make the the tools and equipment work to support this position that that uh, CRA is pushing hard for you know, it just, it undermines the whole system. and it, it makes it a, a joke, frankly. So I'd like to see this get sorted out and cleaned up. I mean, again, mistakes happen, but I would not. We're starting to, uh, I, I think a lot of Canadians are starting to lose patience with the whole, well, you know, we, we're doing the best we can. At some point, if, quote unquote, the best you can is just, General incompetence. Uh, that's that's not good enough. So I'd like to see an improvement there. But again, what what do I know? Uh, lastly, CRA uh, May I think it was May fifth. They released a was it May? Well, anyway, early May they released another one of their uh, helpful blog posts on their uh, on their system. I typically roll my eyes at these, but they did uh, they did cover a major point that I think is, is worth repeating and remembering is that your COVID benefits, COVID support programs for individuals, these are tied to your tax return information. It's not really service Canada or, you know, EI system based. It, it has nothing to do with that. It is now, uh, you you this is rare. Uh, you don't see this very often. Usually tax and, uh, support stuff are, um, uh, dealt with separately. But in this case, no, all your COVID stuff tied to your taxes. If you don't file your tax returns on time, there's going to be a problem. CRA's reiterated that in more than a few places. And what they've said is uh, when a person applies for, for various benefits, say the, uh, the, the CRB, for example, a CRA wants to review your tax information. If they don't have it, uh, they said it'll sometimes take up to eight weeks after the fact. Uh, for them to, uh, to be able to review that information and get things processed correctly. So the point is, you want to make sure, in addition to all the other stuff, I mean, CRA talks about, oh, you might be owed money, you get a refund, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all know that. But again, if, if you're one of those, um, uh, we'll, we'll say unfortunate people that, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of you hairdressers, I'm thinking of you uh, restauranteurs out there. Uh, it's, stuff is ugly. Uh, the COVID support, Probably a big help, uh, maybe a moderate help. I don't know, but you you're not able to qualify for the stuff unless you file your tax returns. So file your taxes, and with that, we'll wrap up the news. Again, not uh, nothing too exciting this week, but certainly, if uh, I, I have no doubt, with the uh, I mean, the budget legislation was already drafted. And that'll need to be passed by the house here. So I have no doubt things will pick up, uh, but I think like everything post-tax season, you get a little bit of a lull. So, all right, moving on to listener questions. Uh, question number one, it's not so much a question. It was just uh, in my usual uh, my usual browsing over the weekend. I, I check out a few business forums and, uh, and things like that, tax forums. And this always, I don't, it's so weird. I don't know why this happens, but for some reason... Any business forum, a guy will say, hey, I'm a, I'm a, a single guy, single girl, whatever, an individual uh, sole, sole shareholder corporation, one person. I'm doing some contract work for a client and just looking for some, usually it's generic advice or whatever. And out of nowhere, you'll get three or four people that comment, oh, you're a personal services business. You're a PSB. You're going to prison, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I'm not quite maybe that dramatic, but always the PSB issue comes up. So I wanted to address that. It's something that gets me really fired up all the time because, for again, for whatever reason, the internet forums, they're just all over this and it's always wrong. So just to, to quickly reiterate, personal service business is a corporation that functionally is an employee, for lack of a better term. So imagine that on, uh, on day one, you've got the CEO of a company. He's you know told when to show up. There's all sorts of employment rules. There's all sorts of benefits, this and that. Uh, the guy's going to pay really high taxes, uh, just the function of, uh, of that position. And later that day, CEO goes home, reads an article about Canada's small business corporation rates, about 10%, give or take. And he said, that's way better than, you know, the, the 47 to 50% tax rates that I'm paying right now. I'm going to incorporate. So on day two, he goes back to the office and says, hey, I'm a corporation. He's still fulfilling his traditional role, doing all the same stuff he did before, using the company's computers. He's still got a business card that says, no, you know, I'm so-and-so at this company. And and uh, that is what the PSB legislation was drafted to catch, is you 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 can't... If you're an employee, you're an employee. Full stop. Uh, you can't masquerade as a quote-unquote corporation. CRA got sick of that, and they introduced this PSB legislation. For Again, for whatever reason, um, I don't know if it's just – the, the fact that uh that maybe a contracting individual has only one client or something like that but the internet just loves to assume that if you're a new business you're a new startup you have one corporation um, one client rather you're automatically a PSB and that that is what i'm trying to dispel that is the myth i'm trying to get rid of very i i won't Kill it because this is, uh, I mean, this is the CTP. We don't go over too much stuff in detail. If listeners want, I can do a specific podcast uh, uh, covering that in more detail. But the point here is if you're concerned about PSB risk, go check out the 1392644 Ontario Inc. case, specifically the the section or, or the, the, the paragraphs where they discuss the uh, two-step test. Uh, in other words, what is the intention of the parties? And then does the objective reality of the situation meet the subjective intention of the parties? So in non-tax speak, what were the people trying to do here? Did the, uh, we'll say employer or the, uh, the client corporation want the contractor to be a contractor while at the same time the client or the, the, the contractor rather Did that individual think they were maybe an employee or wanted to be an employee, but the only way they could get the job was to be a quote-unquote contractor? Yeah, that's a problem. But if you have two parties that very specifically lay out, no, this is a client... Uh, contractor relationship. That's the intention from the start. The parties understand the various tax obligations or lack of tax reporting obligations for that matter. Um, they understand GST issues, understand CBPEI issues, things like that. If the if the intention is to be a contractor-client relationship and the objective reality, um, again, tax buzzword, but the point is even though the parties intended that for be the case, did it actually work out to to be that type of a relationship or was it more of an employer-employee relationship? That is the main thing to consider here and you've got a judge in this case ruling that, that that is is what needs to be into, uh, taken into consideration here. So ways that, uh, or, or factors that might be considered, I always say just review the uh, the CRA's RC4110 uh, contractor versus employee guide and draft your contracting agreements based on what's in that literature. I mean it, it, get uh, get a lawyer to to review it and include the various things in there. Everything that indicates uh, strongly that that uh, you know um, the, the points that indicate it would be a contractor uh, type of relationship include those in your contracting agreement it's it's I don't want to say it's black and white, but you can make it black and white. I've sat on the other side of the table on some of these uh, uh, PSB audits. and as long as the client is set up correctly and understand what uh, what factors are involved, it's not that difficult to handle these uh, these CRA reviews fairly uh, fairly easily, fairly concisely. Uh, the issue is when, when if it's not set up correctly from the start, and you're trying to, we'll say, you know, backdate things or uh, reverse engineer things, that's a problem. So make sure you're going into it uh, educated that, you, that your contracting agreements are correct. Um, the uh, the the client understands what's involved and and that sort of thing. Just because a person has one client as uh, well, one client as opposed to multiple clients, uh, that is not a definitive factor that does not make you a PSB. I wish that internet myth would die. A horrible, horrible death. I wish it would just disappear in a very graphic explosion, but we appear to be stuck with it for the moment. So I continue to do these rants about no, you are not a PSB. I'm sure listeners are sick of it by now, but I think it's uh, I think it's important to, uh, to bring that up and just clarify. So uh, moving on, on another question from, uh, not so much a listener, but from a client, I actually had an email query last week about this, uh, specifically the uh, W8BENE form. It is, uh, the client was asking, hey, what do I, what do, I do about this? Well, I've, I've been requested um, by a, a US, um, client does some, some contracting work for a US outfit. And the US outfit went and said, hey, fill out this form. And client client was, was really concerned and says, well, what is this? Why do I have to do this? And it, W-A-B-E-N-E is specifically the form for a foreign corporation, a foreign individual. And this is for U.S. purposes. So remember, the U.S. is the center of the universe. Everyone, everything outside of the U.S. is considered foreign. So for U.S. purposes, a foreign entity uh, either a for for our purposes a Canadian individual or a Canadian corporation, the W eight B E N form is for Canadian individuals doing contracting work to U uh, S entity. W eight B E N. E is for corporations. Now, I should, uh, I should preface that by saying this isn't a specific form just for contracting work. This is for any payments made by a U.S. entity to a foreign entity. Uh, most of the work around here is either uh, investment holding companies. So usually your brokers um, um, brokerage account, Canadian brokerage account will have the, uh, the client or uh, the, the individual client or the corporate client fill one of these out. Uh, Usually for purposes of withholding, well, it is for purposes of withholding tax on Things like foreign dividends, um, interest payments from uh, made by U.S. entities, things like that. Typically, there's a 30% withholding tax on those types of payments. Uh, but if you fill out these forms on invest uh, with regards to investment income, it uh, for Canadians, it'll be re- the withholding tax will be reduced from the 30% down to the 15%. Now, for the other uh, relevant uh, parties in this discussion, it's usually uh, Canadians doing contracting work for uh, Americans. So Canadian rent- resident, uh, living in Canada, um, have their own business and have been contracted by an American outfit to do some work from down uh, down south, but from Canada. Uh, with that in mind, the U.S. entity needs to know how to pay these individuals. The IRS is pretty, uh, um, they're pretty hardcore about enforcing this stuff. And uh, th- what needs to be filled out, uh, the, uh, your, your U.S. contracting client who's approached the Canadian will say, hey, fill this paperwork out. So the W-A-B-E-N-E form is for a Canadian corporation who is doing contracting work for a U.S. outfit. And very simply, there's just a few sections in here you need to fill out. Uh, the usual uh, corporation's name, uh, Canada. The part that you want to pay attention to is actually in section five, Uh, On the far right, um, well, I guess the the second column on the right, uh, sixth up from the bottom, there's a section for active NFFE. That is the box you want. I'm not going to get into a bunch of detail on the specifics of this one. That is the check box you want as a US, or excuse me, as a Canadian corporation doing contract work for US outfit. You wanna check that box. Um, Part three, section 14, you need to check box A and B. And then in section B, you're going to check the box uh, second from the bottom, or excuse me, third from the bottom on the right. Company with uh, item a uh, company with an item of income that meets active trade or business test. That's your Canadian business is what's going on there. Uh, you can then skip ahead uh, quite uh, quite a bit. Go all the way down to uh, part thirty or. Part XXV, but Section 39. Check that box. And then at the very end, uh, you need to sign, date, all that good stuff. And there's actually a little box at the tiny bottom, or a tiny little box at the very bottom there. You need to check that box, too. Uh, We do have a draft or a template of this up on on the site there you can review. Uh, But, yes, this one in in particular, or the one that we'll throw up there, is specifically for Canadian Corporation doing contracting work in the U.S., And uh, yeah, there's nothing scary. There's no big conspiracy here about filling this paperwork out. Um, What it results in is that there'll be zero withholding tax on your contracting income, which is what you want. Otherwise, technically, yeah, your uh, your U.S. outfit's going to withhold 30% tax. You don't want that. That would be bad. So lastly, um, with our, uh, I guess this fits in with sort of our cross-border stuff here, question by a uh, dual citizen, U.S.-Canadian citizen. Question is... I worked in the States briefly in 2019, and I filed my taxes that year with my W-2. 2020, I didn't do any work at all in the States. Do I file taxes over there with my T-4? So I'm going to actually say all of the wrong questions are being asked here. If you are a dual citizen, so that means, uh, well, you have both, both sets of passports. The thing is, again, back to my sarcastic, the U.S. is the center of the world. In terms of tax filings, it is. America does not care where you call home. They don't care where you live. They don't care that you identify as a Canadian with, uh, you know, moose and uh, maple syrup, hockey sticks, red plaid, all that good stuff. Don't care. If you're an American, you have that U.S. passport, you have to file American tax returns. So there's no, hey, I worked in the States. I didn't work in the States, blah, blah, blah. No. No. Every year, if you are a U.S. citizen, you need to file a tax return. If you haven't done that, Uncle Sam is going to be grumpy. Now, there are ways to get compliant that don't generally cause problems. If you haven't filed and you are a U.S. citizen, uh, you, well, contact us. We can help you out. But uh, point is, if you're American, you need to be filing every year. There's no, well, I did work. I didn't do work, whatever. Separately... If you're a Canadian resident, meaning you meet the, uh, the resident test for tax purposes in Canada, in addition to filing your American return, which you may or may not owe taxes on that, that's not necessarily relevant for this discussion, but you also need to file your Canadian return. If you're a Canadian resident, Canada expects you to file a Canadian tax return. Um, that's where you run into some cross border issues. You might owe some tax in the U.S., which you need to deal with in terms of uh, foreign tax credit side on Canada things like that. But to uh, to this listener's question, I'm just saying, you know what? You're asking the wrong questions. I mean that with love. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. You just need to look at it from a different standpoint. There's no, hey, I filed my tax return in this country, so that means I don't have to do it in this country over here. That is, well, I, I should say for everyone that isn't an American, that's usually the, the case. Most countries do residency-based taxation. But uh, the U.S., again, they're the center of the world. Only their rules apply. They don't care what happens outside of uh, out of their universe you need to file an American tax return. So look into that. Um, We've done a few podcasts on this. We've also written a few articles on this. So feel free to check that out. And with that, I think we will wrap things up for today. Like always, if you have any questions, send them to questions at canadiantaxpodcast.ca or find us over on Twitter. This is Canadian Tax Podcast. Thanks for listening. This commentary is for general informational purposes only and deals with complicated and time-sensitive info that may not apply to your situation. Tax rules are always changing and this information may not be current. Tax is complicated. This information is not tax advice. Don't rely on this info to make tax decisions. Hire a professional to help you. For more info, see canadiantaxpodcast.ca slash disclaimer.